It's time for Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Author, expert sales trainer, and serial entrepreneur Steve Noodleberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast with Steve Noodleberg. Here's Josh Cohen. And welcome to another edition of the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast based on the book in hardcover, in paperback, and of course, an audiobook as well. 52 is the episode we've reached. Kenda has decided that that will be a Ray Lewis number, so I'm good with that if you're good with that. Hall of Fame weekend. Hall of Fame weekend, right? right. They'll announce. They'll right? announce the, the class. Uh, they're actually, um, this Friday night, there's a party in Atlanta, uh-huh. um, unfortunately, or... Yes, this Friday night. This yeah. Friday night. So what weekend? What day it is? What, what day is it's, today? Today is today, today is actually <laughs> Tuesday. Only Tuesday. Today's no only Tuesday. <laughs> Super Bowl weekend ahead yeah. of us as we do episode fifty-two. You're going to be in Atlanta this weekend, or no? I am not. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm undecided. I'm speaking in uh, Naples on Friday. Okay. And that, uh, precluded business first. Yeah, that'll tie you up. That'll yes. tie you up. I'm un, I'm still undecided. I'm leaning towards wanting to go. But um, I'm not exactly. If I did, you know, you leave at noon on Sunday, yeah. and then you're back at home in nice and peace and quiet for an hour of pregame or an hour and a half of Perfect. pregame. It's ideal. There, there is a Ray Lewis party Friday night. I mean, Friday they night. are honoring him <laughs> at the uh, uh, Porsche facility, which is really yes, I saw that. Yeah, I yeah, saw that. So uh, I saw that. That's I an was invited. Event. I am involved in that, but I couldn't make. That's it. That's an so. earlier event. Earlier. Yeah, that's an earlier night. And because Friday night gets crazy, and then Saturday day parties, and then Saturday, like you go to the host city of Super Bowl for all the parties and events, and then leave before the game. Well, that's the way to do it. It's the best way to save uh, eight thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, and also get to watch the game in peace <laughs> right, and actually exactly. hear it and enjoy it accordingly. Uh, introduce us to your guest, please. He's the vice president of sales at Brown and Brown Insurance. Uh, please, by all means. So this is my good friend Rich Ducharm. He's an amazing sales guy. From the first time we met, we connected because sales guys just get it. There's a smell. There's a you know the drawn to each other. The is that pheromones were working. Is that accurate, Rich? That's pretty accurate. That's how, do you remember the first time that you had met Steve? Uh, yes, it mm-hmm. was actually came into our offices looking to do some business development for us, and uh, instantly, instantly, I knew you know he was the guy that takes really? us in a new direction. Is it a pheromone thing like he discussed? Do you have a different way? Do you do you study? Like I study body language, so I know who's full of shit. You know, I know what people tell you one thing, but they show you really the truth. All the good it. ones, all the good ones have a pretty high level. Uh-oh. I mean, pretty high level. Uh, I knew he had a pretty high level at that point, but I have do too, so that's a good thing. There you go. Connection there, and we take it together and take yeah. it to a double. Form. But you sense that pheromone that Steve spoke of that say he's a sales guy, I'm a sales guy. We should know each other. Exactly. Okay. And so we had the pleasure of working together. I, one of the best things I think about my work is that I get to meet you know great people and then stay in touch. And so we are not currently working together, but we have mutual respect. You know, I want good things for him. He mm-hmm. wants good things for me. And so I thought it'd be appropriate to have you on the show. Our kind of message to the people, the audience that listen is uh, 30 minutes in and out of real good sales stuff. You know, what's the takeaways? What what have you learned in your career? You've had, a, a you know, at varying different companies, you've had... Um, you know, lots of stories, lots of stuff. So this is all about stuff. It's just guys I sitting like around that. shitting and doing. And Topic number one, because your boy Shay, you know, he takes care of the rundown. He yeah. says, what's your story? What's your story, Rich? So grew up in Boston, 
probably one of the most unpopular places down here in South Florida. <laughs> Needless to say, with is this there weekend a team going the Super Bowl? on, <laughs> as you talked about going to the Super Bowl, I've been to two, thankfully, or three oh four, watching them win back to back. Back to back, I would kill to be in Atlanta this weekend, oh, yeah. Philadelphia uh, and Carolina. Exactly. Yeah, and um, I'm excited for number six on I, Sunday. I believe it. Yeah, I definitely. Would, I would right. never bet against them. That's what <laughs> I am. Are you really? Oh, absolutely. Are you teasing it and taking a lot of points? Or? When it gets to three, then I'll buy. When it <laughs> right. gets to three, I'll right. buy the other three. Right. And we'll make it six. But go. anyway, your story, continue. Boston so anyway, boy? So Boston boy uh, realized they did not want to live in New England mm-hmm. at an early age, went to school in uh, St. When did St. you realize that about, like, uh, November? November 1st? Uh, usually, <laughs> the day after yeah. Halloween, you're like, ah, December this. 26th. Yeah. Because yeah. Christmas is great with snow. Right. It's day after Christmas. See you later. Useless. Yeah. Yeah. Got to go. Yeah. <laughs> We're Northeasterners. I'm upstate New York, so we know what it when it takes 45 minutes to just get your car um, windshield scraped and your locks de-iced, so you can actually get in your car. The 45 minutes in the snow and the in the ice, you know that that's that's an just and you do it every single day. Yeah, miserable. So anyway, I went to school in St. Augustine, Florida, Flagler College, proud alum. Uh, did 15 years in Jacksonville. Some food Whoa, food. that sounds like prison time. And Be careful. Service, yeah, because <laughs> Jacksonville. So a lot we of were good at first. Well, and, and I was going to say, you say I did 15 years in, in Jacksonville, and you said it sounds like prison, but then you realize it is Jacksonville, so it, it does make prison. sense <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yeah, best thing never happened to me in Jacksonville. Met my wife, three kids. Jacksonville got relocated to South Florida about seven years ago. That's great. And I have loved every moment of it since I've been here. Fantastic. Always sales? Always sales. Um, sales management from a young age, probably 24. Four twenty-five on. Why? Competitive uh, spirit, drive. I, I love leading a team. Mm-hmm. Probably more than anything, I love the individual thrill to kill. But uh, at the end of the day, it's you know leading a team and watching multiple people have success. Not only just me, but the entire. It's team a great perspective. Steve is a third generation, uh, at least yeah. of sales. Steve's dad, Stan. You know, I think I think from what I've deducted from your dad is he enjoyed the process of, of selling, of closing. Without he enjoy, he enjoyed that moment of victory. I think every salesperson would tell you that there is a feeling beyond the dollars that when exactly. you're able to consummate a deal, you know, it's great. But Beyond know, the financial reward. Beyond, beyond the incentivization. Beyond. It's, cutting, it's cutting down the nets. At the end it's of the day, it's down cutting down the, down the nets. As an exactly. athlete growing up, I mean, I'm watching my kids now. It's there. There's no better thrill as an athlete to, to cut down the nets and to do the same now also in business. and. You know, that's that sometimes overwhelms all the financial and or the personal gain. Is there's got to be more. I mean, there's got to be more than just the financial gain. If you're just staring at the numbers and you're staring at your compensation, your cut, your end, probably not going to succeed. You're yeah, probably not going to. It's interesting. I spent yesterday uh, with Brandon Steiner. Mm-hmm. I spent the whole day with him. We're about to embark on Two-time a, guest of ours. Two-time guest. Uh, his book, his new book, was really fantastic. I, I did not expect it to be as good as it was. And I told him so. I said, you know, I thought you sort of already have a book, so you wrote another book just mm-hmm. to do it. And this book, I think, slays the first book. But, you know, one of the things he writes about is that he had, you know, run up the ladder. Everything's great. His company gets bought by Omnicom. He has all the money and all of the stuff, mm-hmm. but he really didn't have purpose. Purpose. And he writes about where he is in his life now, how he had to say goodbye to some friendships that were not producing you know the good stuff for him so it's really a fascinating book but it speaks to got that purpose it speaks to that you know it even when you get the money it can't be the only thing correct it it really can't be as it comes to this guy one of the things i like one of the things i want to talk about and i i had brought this up in an earlier video i did about a couple weeks ago is that who's setting the pace at your company Mm. if you don't have leaders like this who actually do it 
you know, it's one thing to manage it, but to do it. This guy can get on the field, and he can actually build relationships. I had a blast when we were working together. There was Me too. nobody that I wouldn't introduce him to. Because he trusted him. And it made me look good. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm bringing you another quality person who can have a conversation way outside of well, what inter- he sells. Rich, introductions are endorsements. Oh, you, you know, people on Twitter go, uh, retweets are not endorsements. Yes, they are, Jackass. You know what? Oh, that 100%. is really good. Yeah, 100%. Really good. Introductions really good. are endorsements because you're saying that, hey, you know, this person is someone I believe in and I want you to discuss business with them. And if something goes horribly wrong, yo, I vouched. It's like bringing... It's like bringing Donnie Brasco into the wise guys. You know what I mean? Like, event, you know, lefty paid, right? I mean, we take your rings off and everything else, and you know you're done that now. <laughs> you're like, you know, Joe Pistone, uh, I do a radio show. It's my daytime job. Um, Joe Pistone, the, the, Johnny Brasco is based on him. Yep. Joe Pistone is the FBI agent undercover, and I know Joe a little bit. And I've gone to this uh, kind of a Q&A private location dinner thing, and Joe knows a little bit about who I am, what we do. And Joe said, you know, in the movie, Don Brosco, he didn't nail most of it, but they made it seem like, you know, Pacino's character Lefty got killed. He said, really, he went to prison. He said, this tough guy, he never, he never folded. They told him. They showed him the testimony. These guys are flipping on you. Everyone's told. He says, just tell us. He said, I don't know anything about anything. And he had penile cancer, and he just died in, in, in jail. Wow. Because he refused. That's he goes, that's a ref- shitty way to go. Yeah, that's he, bad. He, he refused. to. They said, we can get you out of here. Just the guys that said yeah, that you, you were them, just say you yes with that, and he refused to about character. So we're way off base. With Donnie Brasco, uh, go ahead and stream it on Netflix, on Amazon Prime. But the idea is, you know, if Steve is saying that about you, that's a tremendous compliment. I, I like for the fact that you said this about Twitter when you retweet somebody. It's an endorsement. Or share. I never thought about that, and obviously I'm being into social. Mm-hmm. When you do share somebody else's stuff, you right. are endorsing them. People's bios will say retweets are not endorsements. Oh, they are all day long. They, the they whole, are all you don't want to like anything that someone else isn't going to like. And that's mm-hmm. the whole thing with an introduction, too, is when you vouch for someone and you put them in there, the same thing I'd say about Steve, as Steve thankfully says about me, is that when you walk in, that's the best endorsement you can get is that you, I trust this guy, I trust this person. They're going to go in and they're going to treat you the same way I would treat you. There's, a, it, tre- there's a tremendous, I don't know if you guys are with this, Fire Music Festival and the story to be learned, the documentary on Netflix, this luxury high-end private dream come true, and the guy sold this, Billy McFarlane sold this dream of a private island that used to be uh, Pablo Escobar's and luxury cabanas and supermodels and all this. And it all was built upon the fact that these supermodel influencers were paid money to simply just share on Instagram, see you at this music festival with the same orange photo. That's it, just this orange block. And it worked. And now Kendall Jenner and these and these gen, wow. these models are facing you know legal action uh, f- from the federal government in regard to you being compensated to promote this. You're part of this fraud scheme. The whole thing was a joke. Oh, you know what? I saw scheme. the headline. I didn't really know what it was about. And it's going oh, to be yeah. the new age lesson, if you will. This is going to be the new precedent upon, well, how would I know that their music festival was a sham, that it was a scam? Well, you took the money to promote folks and tell them it was going to be this, going to be that, going to be that. So where's the culpability? Where's the liability? When you go into a room and Steve's introduced you or you've introduced Steve, you guys are vouching for each other. Oh, 100%. And the nice part about that is that, you know, as we've talked about it the whole time, it's, it's never about a sale. It's about a relationship. And if you build the relationship, the sale will come at the end of the day. And, that, and that's what it is. As you meet people and as you build those relationships and as you look at different things, you know, that relationship fosters and it fosters business and it fosters you helping somebody else out. So as he's made introductions, I've made introductions for them. Their business has grown. And in return, it just, it's an easy fit for you to do business with people that you like and help foster their growth. You know the old saying from 80,000 years ago, you know, they say it's not, uh, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Well, not really. It's the relationships because you can know the guy, but he hates you. And now what? 
They, you you know, know the guy. He knows you. He hates you. You're not doing business. It's a combina- combination it's of, of, of all of that. Yeah. You know, but you know, you've seen great salespeople and you've seen not such great salespeople. What's something that you consistently look for in the people that work around you? You mm. have high performing teams. You yourself. What What is it that you look for that you know we can share with the audience that you know say, hey, maybe that's on my scorecard. I can get better at that. Uh, the number one aspect, probably, I always look for is drive. I mean, at the end of the day, a Northeast guy in South Florida just seems to be a fit. Um, the drive has got to be there. They've got to be the ones that want to be up early in the morning. They're the ones that want, want to make the extra call. They're the ones that want to do more and more. If you give them a goals, they say, well, that's the beginning point. Why is that? Is that because of the cold and the snow and the public transit? I just don't think is we know any better. No? I just think we don't know any better. We wake <laughs> up every day. We're hard blue collar. I grew up in a blue collar family at a mm-hmm. catering business, and yep. I didn't know any better. A 100-hour week is a standard week. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Let's go work 100 hours, and let's make good things happen from that's there. And you don't know any difference. Because I grew up in retail, and that's all I knew. I worked yeah. nights, weekends. I, I mean, you know, it was, but, you know, I would say to my friends, that, you know, around Thanksgiving, see you at Christmas because yeah. we were open, you know, always. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's a mentality. And the second part, um, as I interview people, I never interview them in a formal setting the first time. I interview them over coffee in a mm-hmm. casual setting because mm-hmm. at Why the end it? of the day, I have to like them. Right. So if I don't have any likability on that first meeting – I got to realize I'm going to spend a lot of time with this person. I'm going to invest a lot of time in this person. So the other part too is that we need to get along. I need to enjoy that person's company. I need to be the first one that you know we're going to go out, close a deal, or take the kick in the pants, mm-hmm. and we'll still go have a and beer that rep- night. And they represent your company. One hundred percent. And they are a spokesperson, an endorser. You know these people nowadays that uh, on the weekend they get a little loose on Twitter, or they get a little loose on Instagram, on Facebook with comments that are politically charged, racist, homophobic, <laughs> what have you. <laughs> And then and then it says where, and then it says where they work and now well, great job one of your one of your employees is uh, saying these things one hundred percent social media can be a blessing and a curse in the same is. instance I mean mm-hmm. you really really have to be careful what your brand is out there um, I'm the first one that loves jokes all over the place mm-hmm. I'm the last one that's going to post them right and at the end of the day you don't want a client that you know our we may get along and we may be great but our differences in the way we look at especially like what is the hottest topic out there politics mm-hmm. I'm not touching that with a 10 no. foot pole no but the people that you choose when you interview them in this coffee setting uh, you have to recognize whether or not this person on social media is going to make my company look bad I'm going to make me look oh, good and turn the lights out I troll them there's no question about that. Good I look, for you. I look for them. I look at everything they have going out there. That's I mean, become I, commonplace now. To. Yeah, that's you absolutely have to in has. today's market. Yeah, people forget they're a brand, but when they decide to go to work at or for a company, really they're they're merging brands. You're representing them. They're representing you. You better realize this, or you're probably not going to do very well. Well, you know the way we, you know, in the work that we're doing with salespeople, we we try to give them an understanding that the responsibility, the first thing that happens is their brand. When you interview somebody, their yeah. brand is on trial. Yeah. You're you're making a decision on their brand, right? And then, so when it comes to a client opportunity, they're they're going to make the same decision. They either like you, or you don't. If they don't like you, the chances of moving to the next stage are zero. <laughs> so if I like you, now you'll earn the opportunity to talk to me about what you do for a living and right. things like that. And I I think you know at least in the work that I'm doing around the country. A lot of salespeople just don't get it. They don't understand that it's not features and benefits and, you know, you've connected with people that you didn't sell to yep. that mm-hmm. turned out to be your biggest referral sources. Oh, no doubt. But the, the last part, too, is that, and sorry to interrupt, but it's, no. it's, it's value. The last part's value. I mean, at the end of the day, you can like them. They can bring value. They can do all the right things. But, you know, at the end of the day, they really need to know, be a product expert, no matter what you're doing. Not now, when you, say, when you say bring value, folks are using this podcast to learn. 
So this is like a master's class, if you will. Value in the sense of bringing more to the table than just your 40 hours a week, bringing more than just the numbers on the page. <laughs> 60. 40? We can only work 40 well, and be successful? This is great. That's the idea, right? Isn't it a 40 hour work week? Isn't that the office mentality? Oh, I'll be here at 9, I'll leave at 5. Well, that's the dumb and dumber thing. There's right. no real jobs in this town unless you want to work 40 hours a week. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's the beginning point, and that's mm-hmm. the great point, is that it's just it's value. That when they sit in front of somebody, it, there has to be something in, for it and the person you're sitting with. Not just for you, what we talked about earlier, financial gain, but the person you're sitting with, there has to be something in it for them. And if you create it for them, everything else, the sale, the relationship, everything else becomes easy. You know, so one of the rules in my book is called give to get, and, and it's not that you keep score, but, you know, that mentality of continue to give I think is really, really important, and you can give in lots of different directions. One of the things I think you've mastered and where we connected right off the bat was that you're heavily involved in the charity community. Yeah. You know, so speak to that a little bit, where you're involved, why you chose to get involved, what that's meant to your business, because for me, clearly, that is a, uh, a you know something I say to every salesperson, if you are not actively involved in charity or the you know give organizations you're going to have an issue i i agree and i and i think you know it has to be something near and dear to your heart i mean children are probably first and foremost i mean i have i have three kids three great children two at cooper city high one at pioneer the middle school and um you know they're blessed that i work hard and hopefully you know they have better things in life but there are a lot of kids in in broward county that don't Mm -hmm. the boys and girls club of broward county is i sit on the board with them um, some great people on that board that work tireless hours to be able to provide for the children of Broward County to develop a future for them. And we, um, on a monthly basis, get an opportunity to, to listen to one club member come and talk to us about some of the differences that are made in their life. And it, um, wow. it, it truly is humbling to see that these children that, you know, we don't know where they would be after school, what programs they would have, the opportunity to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're college graduates. They're people among us in the business community and, um, Honestly, I, I, would, I wish I could give more sometimes to that, and, and I know the board members there feel the same way, and so we give hours, we give financially, we, we try to do things around that charity, but that's one that Is that I investing enjoy. back in the community? Is that the, the idea of, hey, there's some, you know, or, or is it just a philanthropic, you know, we have a, a, a debt, if you will, to, we have an obligation to try and reach back once we get where we're going, like Tim McGraw said, don't forget, turn back around, help yep. the next one in line, always stay humble and kind. I think it's both. I, I really do. Because I, be. I think when you do succeed within a community that you need to give back to it, that's a commitment. That's something you should do. But I also think it's, it's, it's a little more than that is that you have, you have to want to. And I, and I see the re- rewards that come out of it and that, you know, the future leaders of tomorrow hopefully are coming out of the Boys and Girls Club of Broward. And the other part, too, is in next Tuesday, we have a day in the life of a club. So we'll spend time with a club manager. And then uh, we'll be serving dinner at the club, wow. uh, my family and myself. So my kids have to do it also. And it's not because of a commitment, but what happens is once they go there and mm-hmm. start to meet all these kids perspective. and they see how they look at us helping them, mm-hmm. it changes their perspective sure. on what they're going to become in life. You know, that I'm, I'm mid-40s. They're young. They have their whole lives ahead of them. They need to understand, too, that they're going to work hard and then be able to give back to the people that are around them to build the next generation behind them, too. Give to get. Which is really awesome on the front end. What I'd like you to speak about is, like you said, you moved here seven years ago Getting involved in an organization like that, what has that done for your business life? Because I know for a fact what it's done. So. Oh, it's it's amazing. I mean, it, it, not and it's the Boys and Girls of Broward has been amazing. Um, the Greater Fort Lauderdale Alliance with Economic Development in Broward County also, and I spend a lot of time with both of them. Those are my two causes. Um, seven years ago, I would walk into a room in Broward County, West Palm Beach, Miami, and not know a soul. 
Exactly. I mean, you started with a clean slate. You knew clean, nobody yeah. here. Knew no one Invisible here in South man. Florida. And now I walk in, and um, not that, I don't know. It, it, it's a lot of fun when you You know them, in. they know you. You may walk in, you know, a couple hundred people. It takes you a while to work the room. But, and it's, it's not, I've done business or had lunch with each of them. I've had an opportunity to learn about what they do. I've given back as far as, you know, business opportunities to them. And they have more than aptly rewarded me with things in the business community here in that's something I want to continue. Well, networking years to go. is one letter away from not working. <laughs> well, one of the reasons why yeah. I want him on here is Chapter that you know that seven year period you worked your ass off. You've invested your time, your energy, yourself into these causes, and the return from a business perspective is people see you in a different light. Yeah. You know, I try and talk to people who are young and getting into the workforce, and they say, "What's the first thing I I should do?" And I said, "Join a charity." Right. You know, is there something in your life that's uh, that somebody's been touched by cancer or, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, cystic fibrosis, which I'm on the board of up Mm -hmm. here. But whatever personally you can attach yourself to the feeling of giving the doing. And then what happens is senior leaders in the marketplace actually see you doing the work. Like I tell them, don't just join just to say you joined. Join a committee. Do something because everybody's watching. It's amazing how in those organizations, when you came and started to do stuff, people are like, who's that guy? You know, what, what, wow, where did he come from? What's he doing? And it is interesting. I, I tell all of my people that young, young or older, or matured, I should say, now in my age, that if they're, they should get involved in something, but it's got to be something they're passionate about. Mm-hmm. You can't just go and say, I'm going to give time or I'm going to give money. It's not what we do. It's why my, we do it. And I'm going to turn my head. It's that, why we do it. It's the authenticity. There's going to be a passion out. and a reason. It will. Yeah. It'll, it'll definitely come out. And as you work with people and as they feel the passion and what you're doing, it, that, that's why they want to. I can't tell you how many calls I get from people that I've associated with that say, you know what? I know this person needs insurance. I don't know exactly what you do, but I just know you're the right person to put them in the right spot. <laughs> and that tells the tale because that's you're like, great. I was like, we do it all at Brown and Brown, which is great. Yeah. So it, we are the right people to come to. Right. But the nice part is, is thank you for calling me and giving right. me the opportunity to help this person. Thinking of you in that way. And, and you know what? One of the things that, you know, great salespeople do or great business development do is create at bats. You get lots of at-bats. You know, you're not going to close them all. You're not going to hit them all. Creating the, at-bats. The more at-bats you get, it's opportunity. You know, mm-hmm. so I get lots of stuff that comes my way that is way out of scope, but I'll then hand it off to, I, you know, had somebody on LinkedIn reached out, had something for me to do, and I said, you know, that's not really my sweet spot. That's not my ballywick. Can I refer you to somebody else? I appreciate the opportunity, but what a thrill to be able to say no to something, you know, that mm-hmm. just comes to you because of the work you've done and because, you know, people are paying attention. So being the guy comes from all of the work you've done and stuff like that. And, so. and some of it is, is twofold because what happens is even with some of the charity events we do, we do reach out to a lot of hospitality accounts, et cetera, to, to get things for silent auction items, to find minutes to raise different money for those charities. But then what happens is out of the blue that you've asked somebody for a give, um, they actually call you back and say, listen, I know we talked about this and this, but you know, I saw what you do on LinkedIn and I, I want to talk to you because we have some needs and I have help. And that's the craziest thing in the world is that the, you actually presented yourself in a manner when you asked that a business opportunity came back because of just, I guess, who you are, what you were out and you were passionate about your cause and I guess presented yourself in a manner that they means you're doing you. it right is what it means. Right. It means you're doing it yeah. right. What, what would you say is like the biggest challenge you see salespeople having now, maybe even for yourself. What's what you know? This new economy, all of the social, all of these new tools that are available in the toolbox. What's the biggest challenge? Go back to social media. Okay. Um, social media can be so overused and a fact it desensitizes you. 
So the biggest thing is that as new salespeople enter, they, they got to be unique. The difference is I tell there's one, one sentence. Unique in the sense of being memorable? That and wh- how do you bring value? Why would someone want to talk to you? Mm-hmm. I'm okay. sure, you know, Steve, myself, anyone, I, I get 100 solicitation calls a day. And they want to call. They want to introduce yourself. They want to do the, you know, the sales 101 pitch that's been pitched in 1955. Can I steal yes. of your time? Is yeah. this a good time to talk? Well, no, it's not. Right. But when would be? Never. Never. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> it's like it's like Directv call me for Comcast, and I'm mm-hmm. a cable guy. Sorry, that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's the other way around. Once you've been burned by one, you don't go to the other. But my salespeople, you look at them and say, you know what? What is of value to you? So when you call somebody, you better know something about them. You better have something of value to come, whether it's time, whether it's money, whether it's the business can operate better you have something that and benefits get to it them, quick. Right. Correct. Something, so being a unique. And here's a, here's a really novel approach. Pick up the phone and talk to people. Don't send them emails. Don't hmm. send them LinkedIn. Something that's so. But how do they get past that gatekeeper whose sole job it is to keep them away from you? Then maybe it's an opportunity to go out and go meet that gatekeeper hmm. and introduce yourself so that next time that you call in, you're memorable to the gatekeeper again. And that the gatekeeper actually gives you the information to open the door to let you in. Internet and social media makes it easy, Steve. We talk about it every week. Makes it easy for you to find out who you're trying to talk to, what's important to them. Hell, they list their teams, they list their towns, they list their TV shows. It's called Facebook. It's called LinkedIn. Utilize your tools. Yeah, you know, philosophically, resources. I think, you know, salespeople who are going out into the marketplace to pitch in the old world. They, you know, knocked on doors and did whatever. Now, those doors open up pretty quickly in LinkedIn and some of these other things. But the same rules don't apply. You can't just connect with me and then pitch me. And and I get it all day long, you know, because I ask them, you know, well, you know, thanks for connecting with me. But, you know, can you remind me who who you are or how I know you, right. and they'll go, oh, we don't know each other, but... Where's the courtship? Where's the courtship? Where's the over. Game over. Like, what, are you kidding me, man? It was like, wow, no date, no kiss, no nothing. Well, like Greg, Greg Snowden talks about in his presentation, our right. friend Greg, and he says, you know, you don't go from your first date to the, to the altar. You know, there's, there's a dating process, right? There's a, there's a courting I, I don't think, that I should think people, place. the temptation is to fall right into pitch mode. And even for me... It's so, you know, you have to be so strategic about when that opportunity happens because sometimes it's just glaring. It's right in your face and you go, I could do this, but you know what? I want to hold. I want to learn more. I want to, I want to earn that right. And if you use that mentality, you will win a friend. And I have always thought it's been more valuable to win friends. Right. And then there will be an opportunity in the future. It's just a matter of when. The other part too is don't forget the rungs of the ladder. So often not, early in my career, worked for a food service company, and you'd walk in the back door, and you'd see the dishwasher, then you'd see the sous chef, then you'd, before you get to the owner. Mm-hmm. And so many people would walk by that person. Right. And the thing is this, you wow. talk back about the gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. Greet everybody as if they're the owner of the business, because mm-hmm. you don't know the day that that dishwasher is going to buy that restaurant, <laughs> and he is now your new boss. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> and that's the key point, is treat everybody the same, regardless of position, title, and and the opportunities will happen. Well, that reveals your character. You know, I say it almost every episode. Your character is revealed by how you treat those that can do nothing for you. Right. Correct. You know, the universe knows. And the universe re- rewards accordingly. If you're being nice to the dishwasher because one day you might own it, well, that's great. But you'd be nice to him because he's a human being. He's working hard. And we're all on this planet together. Maybe the universe might reward you eventually. And your character will be indicated as, that's a good dude. 
because that, he's good to everyone. And that's not the guy putting in 40 hours a week. No, nope. <laughs> that's, that's a guy really this amount of hours and putting it down and, and working hard for everything he does. Doing 100 hours You a know, week. for me, one of the biggest challenges about my business development world is that I work with somebody on the other side, and if that person on the other side, when we worked together, it was absolutely magic. I Thank mean, you. it really was. I mean, it was, I, I liked it. You know, it was a good time. In, right, instant, you know, connection, bam. He, I'd introduce him to somebody, he'd be right on it, made me look good, got in, and presented himself well. The challenge I have is that there's more people that want to hire us to do that work, mm -hmm. but they're not willing to do the work on the other side and be patient and say, you know, because they're going, oh, you made the introduction. That means they're ready to do a deal. That co that <laughs> yeah, connection is kind of like close. hope. With it, anything is possible. Without it, nothing is. Look at you. Wisdom Ooh. right there. Rich Duchamp, Vice President of Sales, Brown & Brown Insurance. It was a pleasure, young man. Thank you. You too. I'd say good luck to your Patriots, but my money's going to be on the other side. That's so, all right. So Bet the other way and you'll win this week. <laughs> does does we'll a 24-year-old beat Brady? Well, they're not in the field at the same time, so that's the good news. <laughs> the good news is that, no, that they're not that in the field at the same time. But he they're knows on, he's there. They're only on the field for the coin flip, and then at the end, <laughs> when Brady taps there. him on the shoulder and says, congratulations, young man. I don't know how you did it. Yeah. But I'm going to buy some points. We're fine on that. Uh, Steve, thank you again, Rich. Steve, you. every week you tell them something good, and you don't ask them how they are. It's just small talk and oh. nonsense. So as we wrap up, number five, I two, Ray a Lewis. doozy, a doozy. Tell us something so, good. Go. Um, I flew from Denver to New York on Sunday, and life is very serendipitous. I was with my boys. We planned to go to dinner, but we found out through my friend Eric Reed that the Heat were playing the Knicks at Madison Square Garden. Correct. Both of my boys had never been at Madison Square Garden. The Mecca. So it was the me taking them to the world's most famous arena. How about that? And while we were there, yeah. we FaceTimed my dad, who took me when I was a kid oh, to see the Willis awesome. Reeds and stuff like that, and to see four Nuremberg's crying at Madison Square Garden. That's what you were going to say. That. No, that's pretty amazing. That's <laughs> the time with unreal. your kids is priceless, Woo! and take as much as you can get of it. Thank you again, Rich Ducharme. Appreciate the time. Steve, we'll come back for 5-3. We'll, we'll, we'll take we're doing one. it. We're rolling. We got a whole list get of great Get closer to 100. We're going to get closer to 100. At 100, we're, we're taking out the breakers, and we're doing a Bam! Bad I'm in. For Steve Nodelberg, Josh Cohen saying thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time on the Confessions of a Seal Salesman, the podcast. So long.